attention patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. (laughs) We are here today to bring you the current events from a constitutional principle perspective. No spin, no propaganda, and no historical revision. I think that JC's going to particularly enjoy today's show. And because uh, <laughs> of our lineup dealing with the uh, Supreme Court and this headline that you are probably seeing all over the place uh, about how Gorsuch has sided with the liberal justices. And I'm sure, as you can just imagine, that it's not what they're, you know, what the, the headlines imply them to be. But what's really, really interesting about this case is a matter of fact that it not only gives us a little bit more insight about Gorsuch and kind of makes me like him even more. After 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 Justin Amash has shot me in the foot, I'm really sort of hesitant to put myself out there. It's like, yes, go guy. I like this guy. So I don't have to backtrack. You know, I mean, nine years. That's why I've never really been an endorsement kind of person because when somebody does something so outrageous, you don't want your name attached to all that, right? But JC, this also gives us further confirmation on Kavanaugh. And I'm interested in getting your take once we get through the whole mess of it all uh, on on Alito and Thomas in particular. Uh, so um, uh, Alito, Thomas, and Kavanaugh side against Gorsuch and uh, the the others. First, before I want to go, I want to show everybody something. I shared this on social media today, but I I wanted to talk about it here on the radio show because I know many of you guys don't do social media. Do you know there's a large number of listeners that have abandoned social media, JC? Right. They have... uh, jumped on the JC bandwagon, and mm. they they uh, a lot of them do follow us on YouTube. So mm-hmm. so they're there. They're like, yeah, we don't do Facebook anymore. We don't do Twitter anymore. It sucks the life out of your day and mm-hmm. melts your brain cells. And you, I know you don't get on YouTube and and look at these, but the comments that we get are just phenomenal. I mean, they they love you. <laughs> they love the candor with which you speak. How's that? Okay. <laughs> But I, I, I don't intend on changing. I, well, no, no. Okay. 23 <laughs> years. Okay. 20, 
Going on 23 years now, no. JC is not changing. He's I can still attest working to that. on me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right. So I, uh, Janet is the first person who brought this to my attention, our, uh, our uh, assistant, Janet. And she says, this is not satire. <laughs> and not that I didn't believe Janet. Mm-hmm. But I had to go verify for myself because this is, take. I did, I did, I did <laughs> actually a double take, whatever it was, a research double take, an intellectual double take. Yeah. I was like, what? So the headline is, former U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton to keynote Fire Eye Cyber Defense Summit. <laughs> Are you... This is like, if you have one of those little cartoon emoticons, mind-blowing thing. So I did, when I first saw this, JC, I did exactly what you did. You just laughed. And then the more I thought about it, JC, the madder I got. Because you know what this is? This is just a public mocking of the rule of law. (laughs) This is spitting in the people's face. I mean, so we go through all of it. We uh, Yesterday, we talked about how uh, Congress has put themselves above the Constitution, destroying due process just so they can get at Trump. You know, the seizing records without uh, proper warrant through, through Fourth Amendment procedure and all that other stuff. So what we're doing is we're, we're destroying due process to get Donald Trump, but ignoring the rule of law when it comes to Hillary Clinton. But not only did we not uh, ignore the rule of law when it comes to Hillary Clinton, but we're also now mocking the rule of law and celebrating the criminality and the depravity of Hillary Clinton. There are Americans in prison right now serving time in Leavenworth for violating the same laws Hillary Clinton violated, and now she's going to be a stinking keynote speaker. I have no idea how much they're paying her for this, but you know she's not volunteering her time. Getting paid to be a keynote speaker at a cyber security summit. (laughs) I, this is funny to me. I just, I, I don't know. You're mad. I just. I was, it was funny for me first. It was funny for me first. It was funny for me first. It is. I just. It was like Magic Johnson, the keynote speaker at the International Celibacy Summit. <laughs> right? Like, what? Yeah, yeah. So, if you want ultimate cybersecurity, make sure you have a <laughs> staff that is armed with hammers. Right. Right? That's your ultimate mm-hmm. cybersecurity, armed with hammers. Secure your servers with hammers. I just I don't I don't know, JC. I I can't laugh. I can't laugh over this anymore. It literally makes me sick. This is it, I see in my mind the very same immoral tyrannical oppressive ideology that they saw during uh, 
previously prior to the the French Revolution, mm-hmm. right? This is what I see in my mind, and I just wonder. I seriously, I wonder how much more has to happen before we get sick and tired of this, before something happens. I I I, I stole a quote from one of our followers. Because uh, the bottom line is this, you ultimately cannot blame the clown for being the clown. Right. You have to blame the people who keep going to the circus. And this is, this is what's happening. Yeah, who, who are this the... is why I cry. <laughs> this is seriously why, why I, I cry. Because I'm thinking, who, who are the idiots you know, in charge of cybersecurity? And you want advice from this lady? Who, With the server in her closet? Who okay. are the people that are going to pay to hear Hillary Clinton give a key? I mean, she's not, JC, she doesn't even have a breakout session. Well, people pay to. She is the keynote speaker. People pay to go to, you know, comedy clubs. <laughs> I don't think that's what they mean here. A keynote speaker is the person who delivers the 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 address that is supposed to be the epitome of the principle or the standard of the meaning of the meeting. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. You guys laugh. I, I just laugh because if you don't laugh, then you have to cry with me. I don't know. I, I'm laughing on the inside because JC has his deny everything T-shirt on today. So. <laughs> I don't know. Did you? You had no idea we were gonna no. <laughs> deny everything. Oh my god! In the safe house in Milwaukee. Good, nice restaurant. It's an awesome restaurant. Spy, it's kind of Russian spy, you know, Cold War spy. Cold theme War spy theme. The whole Russian collusion thing blowing and, out and the water not, right there. And we're not getting paid to advertise. So. No, no, no. This is not a paid advertisement. I just like it. It, anyway, that's and they my had, shirt. They had good food too. Yeah, so, so I, I don't know. I just think it's my Keystone shirt. Cops. My shirt is socialist suck. Right. That can be found at chrisannhall.com <clears throat> on our Liberty gear, and I am getting paid to promote that. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you buy a shirt, because if you buy a shirt, then I get paid to to promote this. So here we go. I'm gonna set a, set us up for the rest of the show, where we're gonna talk about. Neil Gorsuch siding with the liberal justices. Do you know, JC, I hate that. Mm -hmm. I hate the tribalistic ways the media speaks about our Supreme Court. I think that that simply helps to endure this idea that, that our politics are, that our, that our justices are driven by politics. I don't know if it's... No, there's never a headline that says these justices, you know, Line up with the Constitution, or they support the Constitution, or whatever. Right. There's never. I mean, that's the standard. It's not right. What party or what political ideology? Right. You know, they. I mean, that's how they report it. You know, these judges lined up with this particular political ideology, right. and these other side lined up with this particular political ideology. Well, that's not the standard. The Constitution is a standard. Yeah, and and I'm and in this case, by the way, it's really hard to delineate between liberal and conservative because it's not your typical liberal conservative kind of of of, of subject matter. And why isn't the headline uh, Thomas sides with Kavanaugh or Kavanaugh sides with Thomas or yeah. something like that? Right? Yeah, it's always the camp, the tribes. It's got to be tribalistic. So which me- you could report. I mean, you could report that often because. You know, they don't always, 
they don't always rule, you know, as groups or, or rule. There I go again. They all, they don't always <laughs> issue their opinions. These things are you know deep in a seated. fixed group. Yes. So you could report you could report that like every week. Right. You know, hey, Kavanaugh's on this side now. Uh, Gorsuch is on this side, and Thomas is on this side. So it's it's kind of silly because that's just not the way it always falls out. The liberal group is on one side, the so-called conservative group is on the other side, and and they're always that way. No, there's always one jumping back and forth. Well, and here's the thing. If you understand, if you take the time to actually read the issue and understand what's going on, you understand this is not a liberal or conservative issue to begin with. And it's just the media once again trying to create a reality that doesn't exist to divide the people and again to break up the... I think it creates a stupidity in America. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. We're about to dive into this Supreme Court case where the headlines are Kavanaugh sides, oh no, I'm sorry, Gorsuch sides with the liberal justices. And as we were going into the break, J.C., I, I remarked on how I believe these headlines deliberately dumbed down the Americans. And and this is this is why I think because, number one, People just look at the headlines and they think, well, I've learned all I need to learn. Nobody actually looks at these cases. And I think one of the things that gets that gets uh, prolonged then is this this mental brainwashing that the American people can't possibly understand what a Supreme Court justice says. These things are easily written. And you were saying something during the break about how this is also dumbing people down. That they always frame it. You know, generally Republican versus Democrat. Right. So then you never actually, the people never actually have to know anything about the Constitution. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, oh, were they on the liberal side? Were they on the conservative side? And, and that's not the question. Right. The question is, it, does this opinion line up with the Constitution and the original intent of the drafters? So the headline should read, um, court contradicts the drafters of the Constitution. Court agrees with the drafters of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Court disagrees with the drafters of the Constitution, right? That's mm-hmm. how it should be reported. Right. Well, this is a case about contract law. So I want to I give you a, a hypothetical, JC, okay? You have a burger distribution business, okay? And you make a contract, an exclusive contract with, I don't know, uh, uh Colton's burger deal, right? So you you make an exclusive contract with Colton's burger joint and you say, okay, we have now this contract and in this agreement, uh, Colton's burger joint has certain rights and privileges under this contract. Well, come along two years later, you decide to make a contract with Vivian's burger joint. And so you make another contract with Vivian's burger joint. Well, Colton's now burger joint is still trying to exercise the contract between that you have. And you simply look at Colton's burger joint and say, you know, um, we don't have a contract anymore because I contracted with Vivian. So now our contract is null and void. And, and what do you, I mean, 
you're you you didn't go to law school, but you understand that's just common sense, right? Seems pretty obvious that it's, you know. I mean, you're you're violating your contract with with the first guy. Well, that's the premise for this case today. This is a case. Uh, Herrera v. Wyoming. Now, let me lay the line here. Uh, Clavin Herrera is a member of the Crow tribe, Indian tribe, okay? okay? And in 1868, the Crow tribe ceded most of its territory in what we know as modern-day Montana and Wyoming to the United States. In exchange, a contract was formed between the Crow tribe and the United States where the United States agreed that the Crow tribe would have the right to hunt on all unoccupied, la- unoccupied lands of the United States so long as the game may be found thereon and peace subsists. So we don't go to war with the Crow Nation, and even though uh, you have ceded us this territory, you can still hunt on this territory. So that's the original contract, Okay. A few months after the treaty was signed, Congress established Wyoming as a territory. And Congress uh, provided within this new territory that it would not impair the rights or the contract that was previously created with the Crow people. So we have a treaty with the Crow Nation. Remember, the Indian nations are not part of the United States. They are a foreign country within our boundaries. Mm -hmm. We've made a foreign treaty with them. You give us the land, you get to hunt, right? So here's the thing. The following year, Congress passes the act that allows the President of the United States to set apart and reserve tracts of public land owned by the United States as forest reservations. Uh, exercising that authority, President Grover Cleveland, just so our libertarians know out there, Grover Cleveland designated some of these lands in Wyoming as federal reserves. Now, Wyoming said reservations. Forest reservations. Forest reservations under the federal rule. Wyoming says that when Wyoming became a state, it nullified the contract between the United States and the Crow Nation. And when Crover Cleveland made the land federal forestry land, it is now considered occupied, which nullifies the hunting rights. We'll get back to this in just one second. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris N. Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. So let me just sum up what we have now. We have a, a contract between the United States and the Crow Nation. We have now parts of Wyoming designated as federal land. We have Wyoming as a state, which is a new contract. The United States, uh, that uh, the uh, state of Wyoming is made to, with the other states to be part of the union. And so what we have now is the premise 
that because Wyoming became a state, that it nullified the contract with the Crow Nation, further proof of the nullification of the contract with the Crow Nation was Grover Cleveland's designation of this portion of the territory as Federal Reserve land. But here's the problem. The court says, now that's including Gorsuch and the liberals. Excuse me, we made a contract with the Crow Nation. Right. We never, Congress never made any specific written or intentional claim that that contract was negated. I know from these Western state constitutions that there is always a provision within the Western state constitutions that says you have this land not including the Indian nations within your boundaries. We've read that in these, in mm, these states. Sure. So when the state of Wyoming became a state, it had to be aware that any, any portion of that state of Wyoming that had already been contracted to the Indian nations was still part of the Indian nations. It makes things complicated. I do understand that because you actually have well, it's about a to country occupied, and country. Occupied land, yeah. not, not their lands, but that they could hunt on any land that's unoccupied. Right. So the federal government is saying, and then they come along and we designate it forest reservations. Mm-hmm. That's not occupied land. You, I mean, mm-hmm. that you just basically put a different label on unoccupied. Un- unoccupied land yeah but they did not cease being unoccupied lands just because you decided to call them by some name right right the federal uh, whatever they call it the mm-hmm. forest reservation these these what are they federal uh, national parks and whatever right. it is so the first argument that wyoming makes is, first off is how, the does, un- how does land. how does the united Right, capital U, capital S, United States. How does the federal government lay claim to any? It doesn't have the authority to lay claim no. to any lands for these forest reservations no. in the first place. No, because remember that's an act created by Congress. That's why if you're watching us up on YouTube, I put that text up there that uh, the Act of March third, eighteen ninety one allowed. Em- look at what it says: empowering the president to set apart reserve tracts of public lands owned by the United States as forest reservations, okay? First off, the, the only, only ownership of land authority within the Constitution is for territories, which at this point Wyoming was, and for um, forts, ports, dockyards, and, and, you know, those, and needful buildings, right? Yeah. So essentially this, the military stuff, the military stuff for protection for right. foreign in, you know, for, yeah. for foreign things. And then, of course, the, the 10 mile square, 10 square, yeah, DC. 10 mile square. That's the only thing miles. in the Constitution. Right. That's that says, uh, you know, the United States, or the federal government can have this land. So it's so it's clearly laid out. It's it's not like, oh, we forgot to mention this. We forgot to mention that. Uh, or that this is here, that's not here. There, there is a list. There is yes. a specific there is list, a specific list of property that the federal government can possess, 
And no such thing constitutionally possessed. Constitutionally, no such thing as a forest reservation is in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. In fact, no national park is in the Constitution. If any kind of park or preservation area, whatever, that's a state authority. If the mm-hmm. state wants to have a state park, then the state can have a state park. So the federal government has no authority to do that in the first place. And, and then you have Congress. I mean, this is violations from the very beginning. I know, right? All throughout this thing, you have Congress uh, inventing powers for the president. President, you now have the power to designate something that's not authorized in the Constitution in the first place. Mm-hmm. First off, Congress can't invent new powers for the president. The Constitution is what lists every power for every segment of the federal government. And, and to add powers <laughs> takes a constitutional amendment. There has been no constitutional amendment granting the president the authority to designate lands in addition to the lands that are specifically enumerated in the Constitution. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of boldness that you can have <laughs> by studying the Constitution with us. JC's not, I'm not been to attorney. law school. I, He's not I've an been attorney. To Liberty First University. Liberty First University. And so here what we have is Herrera is actually uh, prosecuted by the state of Wyoming for hunting on this land. Wyoming says you're not allowed to hunt on this. First, because this is now occupied land, right? Because the federal government, ooh, the federal government has declared it a federal reserve. Therefore, it is now occupied. I don't think that means the what they, you know, what's popping in my head, but we've been saying for a long time that the federal government has declared occupied lands within our states. And here we have the state of Wyoming de- making that declaration. Now, they mean that it's not uh, when they wrote the treaty, unoccupied lands meant unsettled lands. And they're saying, no, 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 these are settled lands because the federal government has deemed them to be forestry service. That's Wyoming's argument. So so now I realize the headline should read, Thomas, Roberts, Alito, and Kavanaugh declare that the federal government can violate its own treaties. Yes. That's what the headline should read. That's what it should read. Kavanaugh and the liberals say no. Gorsuch. Gorsuch and the liberals say no. The United States must abide by treaties that it has signed. It gets better, JC. It actually does. So now what we have is the courts. Oh, I forgot. Let me let me point out this. Let me go back to this uh, here on YouTube. I found it very interesting. By Sod- the way, this messes up Trump Jesus, the doctrine of Trump I know, Jesus. It does mess because, up because one of his uh, one of his divine picks is on one side, and then the other divine pick is on the other side. So, yes. I'm, so I'm not sure what you do in that case. So look at this. It's it, Sotomayor is writing this case, uh, this majority opinion. And I find this very interesting, JC. She says, but, uh, so Wyoming says the state first asserts that the forest became occupied through the federal government's exercise of dominion and control over the forest territory, including federal regulation of those lands. Sotomayor says, no, 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 no. As, uh, uh, but as explained, the treaty's text and the historical record suggests that the phrase unoccupied lands had a specific meaning to the Crow tribe 
a lack of settlement. I find it very interesting that Sotomayor, of all people, wants to refer to the original intent <laughs> of the contract. You see, I, I'm not crazy, JC. This is contract law. When contracts come into question, the courts in contract law automatically go back to the original intent of the parties who ratified the contract. Yeah, but, th- but, this is, but that's the thing with the, the so-called liberal justices. They don't have a problem upholding the Constitution when we're talking about a non-white, non-male defendant. <laughs> so it's the fact that these are Native Americans. Non-Christian. It's a minority, right? right? So yeah, yeah, they're fine with that. So here is the dissent. And I will give you the dissent, the reason for the dissent. We have Thomas Kavanaugh Elito in the dissent, okay? So Elito writes this, the two primary points just as a summary in the beginning number one the reason why we disagree with the majority court number one is because it goes contrary to precedent precedent. number two this is a shocking statement yes no 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 this is the least of the statements number two it undermines the authority of the court so the majority of the, the, the dissenting opinion Alito says, wrote this. Alito wrote this. Alito wrote this. He says, so there are two principles at play here, two, uh, two judicial principles. And the first one is simply kind of a double jeopardy kind of thing. So you don't get more than one bite at the apple. So this, this particular principle is not so bad. It's where they go after that. He says, the idea is straightforward. Once a court has decided an issue, it is forever settled as between the parties, thereby protecting against the expense and vexation attending multiple lawsuits, conserving judicial resources, and fostering reliance on judicial action by minimizing the possibility of inconsistent verdicts. So succinctly put, a losing litigant deserves no rematch after a defeat fairly suffered. So you don't, it, once you take it to the court and the, and, and the court has decided that you've, you've lost. What court? The, the Supreme Court. Okay. You don't get to keep going back. So he's saying this, this defendant already had a case or what? No, I don't no, no, understand. no, 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 no. How does so that apply? So he's stringing two principles along, right? So he's saying this principle combined with this principle, the judicial principle called federal issue preclusion. Once an issue is actually and necessarily determined by a court of competent jurisdiction, that determination is conclusive in subsequent suits based on a different cause of action as long as it involves one party to the prior litigation. So once we decide a matter and it involves J.C.'s burger joint, any case that comes against J.C.'s burger joint that is similar, even if it is in different cause of action, is now settled already because we once said before. Well, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. 
This is what I'm talking. This is the power of precedent me, that rules over this. Tell me is how Dred Scott lines up with this. Judicial supremacy. You, I need you to explain how Dred Scott lines up with this idea. We'll do that. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Since we're going to talk about this Dred Scott application, I want to remind everybody that JC has an amazing class at Liberty First University, America's Hidden Black Heritage. You can go to chrisannhall.com. You can get it on DVD version, or you can become a member at Liberty First University and have unlimited access to this class. You can learn it so that you can profess it and find out about the black founding mothers and founding fathers, the free black men and women who built America prior to the Emancipation Proclamation. So, so if I'm hearing this correctly, mm-hmm. then Alito still believes black men are property? No, no, no. I mean, because that that case was settled. Right. The Supreme Court ruled in the 1800s in Dred Scott, uh, contrary to the Constitution, that black men are property. Right. That's settled. Mm-hmm. So how, so, I mean, Can, uh, I, he said, he said would... once it's decided, these things are settled forever. Yes, that's exactly what he said. With the caveat... Unless we decide to redecide it, so once okay, again so we have Alito, we Alito have and Thomas from Princess Bride because I don't <laughs> forever apparently doesn't mean the same thing to me as it means to Justice yeah. Alito. I know, I know. This is, but this is what you get. How can such stupid people? end up on the Supreme Court. No, I, no. I don't understand no, no, how no. people as Can I ignorant. switch this around? How can such highly educated people believe and speak such stupid things? I think that's that's what we have. And it's it has to do with cultism because you know cults, cult, cultish so then mentality is, makes you brain okay, damage. Okay, so what is the real... Then what is... Since all of what is being said here is completely nonsensical, what actually is the real motivation have you have you given that thought what 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 really is going on here this is all yeah, i mean about, there's something else this is all about well i don't know why what, are they dis, why are these four siding in this manner judicial supremacy that's i mean we know kavanaugh is a judicial supremacist yeah, but, we know he's so a precedent this, worshiper right so would this be changing this would somehow be flipping something the court said so they'd be yes. going against the court yeah no no no. right and that's uh, maybe i didn't bring that forward clear enough the majority court says look in the past we have had an errant view of this contract negotiations with the uh with the with the crow tribe there are two cases prior to this that would have settled this in favor of the dissenting opinion. So the dissenting okay. opinion. And so what Gorsuch uh, and the liberal justices are saying is, look, we have failed to follow contract law. We have failed to follow and keep our treaties with this Crow Nation. We actually have a case that has come along 
that has that has helped guide us and see our rights, okay. uh, our wrongness. Okay, well, and so I think now I get we're it. going to link to this and we're going to correct our error once and for all. So you have two cases that no, Alito... No, I get that. Right, I, I get all that. No, no, the no, point, me, but, me, but what does wait, it connect wait, to in the real second. world? You have two cases where they where that side with Alito and a subsequent third case that build this premise. Right. And Alito says, I, well, the third case doesn't specifically say this. And now the majority court says, we're going to specifically say this. Right. I, I get that. Okay. But I'm talking about connecting to the real world. Uh-huh. So these guys, basically what's going on here now, we, we ju- you just had the, the, what was that thing? The pipeline thing. Right. Uh, I forget what that was called. But the Indian the lands. Pipe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About the Indian lands and mm-hmm. the big protests and whatever. So these guys are looking out at, at, you know, this opening up this can of worms. They right. don't want to face, they don't want to face the reality. And I'm sorry if, you know, conservatives, you, you have to go cry in the corner at me saying this, mm-hmm. but, but they don't want to face the reality that we have violated treaties with these Native American nations, and they feel like this is going to open up a can of worms if we dis- if we make a decision mm-hmm. that leans that way. Now, all of a sudden, the Indians are going to be demanding all of these things. In other words, demanding well, that we follow case, the treaties that we made. This case does not lean a certain way. This case specifically says we have to honor these treaties. Yeah, I, and, well, and, and I, now this whole pipeline thing is really going to blow up in their face. Well, I researched that stuff, and so whatever, the conservatives can throw a hissy fit if they want to, but you research the history of that, and the United States has violated that particular treaty at least three on at least three occasions that I that I found. Well, I'm going to republish an article that I wrote on that pipeline because it's not only a violation of the treaty, JC, it's a violation of eminent domain. Such terrible violations the federal government engaged in with that. And we'll put that back up so people can read it. God bless you guys. See you next time. <laughs>